After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold. It's a Meat Eater Podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newarth, and today we're joined by Giannis, Cal, Mark, Brody, Max, Corinne, and Hansi. You'll notice one name I didn't mention there, and that's Steve Brunella. This is a Steve-less episode. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 I want to clap, but I like my job. I just I, the fact that we have to call it out. This is the last time I'm going to talk about it. Is just like the most bizarre, weird thing to me. It's going to be half as long as a normal episode. I'm going to call it out every episode, uh, just so Giannis can give us like a vibes check in the room. Giannis, how you feel without having Steve here? I, I feel the same as I would if I have him here. Oh. But we're gonna his energy will be missed and. One form or another, whether that's positive or negative. <laughs> that's right. Now, Hansi and Max, you've been on the podcast before, but if folks don't recognize your names, tell them what you do here at Meat Eater Max. Uh, I'm a camera guy and editor. Um, I work on Duck Lore, go on miscellaneous shoots, do a lot of cooking stuff. Uh, went on a shoot with Giannis last spring. Um, but yeah, if I'm not out in the field, sitting in front of the computer, making that story come to life. How was Giannis to work with? Uh, you know. Yeah. He's okay. How is Max to work with? He's a dick. <laughs> this is the same Max that was a <laughs> that was party to to, to Kimmy and Sean's uh, harrowing hunting story. And uh, yes, I was a part of that. Was that in New Mexico or New Mexico? Yeah. yeah. We're also joined by Hansi, another waterfowl fellow. Hansi, tell folks what you do here. I'm a video editor, so I do uh, like Cal's Week in Review and Sourced and some of those long form pieces that you see on YouTube. So I am not in the field, uh, unlike Max. Both fellas do great work. Now, if you're not familiar, Max and Hansi, this is a 10-round quiz show with questions from our four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. There is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. Now, last time we played, we revealed each player's average score per game. If you don't remember, the leaders in the clubhouse are Brody, Steve, and Giannis, who each average... Roughly six correct answers per game. But the stat of the week for this episode is winning scores. The average winning score for trivia is 7.02 correct answers per game. The best winning score we've ever had was Brody, who once got 10 correct answers. And the worst winning score we've ever had was Steve, who once got four correct answers. The most common winning score is eight, which happens about 40% of the time. So if you want to win media to trivia, plan on getting between seven and eight correct answers. 
It's a between seven and eight. Yeah, because you're like going to have a 7.5 <laughs> option. Available, you're going to have the right or? answer on one, and then you're going to have one that's a just deemed right that it's okay answer. to be acceptable. That's right. So 7.02 correct answers per game. You think you got that in you, Yanni? Yes. Hansi, are you, are you, are you nervous? Because I am. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Wow, let's go. Uh, now, the last time we played, we had a question about how many species of wildcats are native to North America. I said the correct answer was six, which I got from National Geographic, but about a dozen listeners pointed out that there is a little-known seventh species. This is the Margay cat, which is similar in appearance to the ocelot. They're commonly found in South America and Central America and were even documented one time in Texas in 1852. So the correct answer is seven, not six, which we will get fixed for the board game, and I went back and listened to the show, and that answer would not have impacted the outcome of the game. So seven wildcats in North America. This is usually the part in the episode where Steve says that you suck at your job, right, Spencer? That's right. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't like getting it wrong like that, but if you can't trust National Geographic, who can you trust? I don't know. Man. Margay. Margay cat. M-A-R-G-U-A-Y, something like that. M-A-R-G-A-Y. G-A-Y. Also, the last time we played without Steve and Brody... I was explaining to these guys the vacuum theory that a lot of whitetail hunters talk about. Now, Mark, fill in these folks on the vacuum theory real quick. So the basic idea here is that whitetail bucks in particular typically have a home range where they have some type of territorial status. The average home range size is somewhere around 350 acres, give or take. So the idea here is that in some places there'll be like a big bully buck who will kind of lay out his territory and scare off others and keep others out of that general zone. Does that sound familiar? You guys at all? Hasn't happened to me yet. Okay. I know where we're getting at here. I see where this is going, Spencer. (laughs) Yeah, keep going, keep going. (laughs) I like where your head's at. So the idea here is though once that big buck's killed or disappears for whatever reason, it creates a vacuum. There's now this open turf. There's this open, great habitat, and other deer will come in and and take that, claim that territory. So I imagine if a vacuum is opened up elsewhere, somebody will claim that turf too, even outside of the wildlife world. Is that where you're going, Spencer? Yeah, so in this scenario with Meat Eater Trivia, (laughs) Steve and Brody are the old dominant bucks that died, (laughs) and Giannis and Mark and Cal are the new bucks that rolled in to take their stuff. And I was explaining this (laughs) theory. (laughs) I was explaining this theory to Brody before our live show in May, and Brody's response was this. Well, what happens when that old buck comes back and kicks everyone's ass? <laughs> so we're going to get a look at the vacuum theory. It's just a white theory. tail hunter's self-fulfilling prophecy yep. is all it is. It's like, all so here's another. another one will come yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's another reason to sit in a tree all day. Yep, that's right. So we're going to get a look at the vacuum buck theory today. Will the old gray buck in Brody take back his stuff, or will one of the new bucks like Mark hold his ground? I'm coming for you, Brody. Yeah, I'm a mule deer hunter, so it doesn't really apply. <laughs> this is just really doing a, a masterful job of adding depth to trivia. Just trying we to could, create tension. We could have one simple thing here at Meat Eater, <laughs> yeah. but no. We're trying to, to make ruin a, friendships, a nice backstory. Create tension. Create tension, yeah. And with that, we're on to trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? Just tend to win everything. Suckers! 
Question one, the topic is cooking, and as always, this will be multiple choice. What type of fish is served in an Arnold Bennett omelet? Is it halibut, tuna, haddock, or snapper? Again, what type of fish is served in an Arnold Bennett omelet? Is it halibut, tuna, haddock, or snapper? Giannis, you ever put fish in your omelets? You know, I don't make omelets much, but I've uh, thrown some smoked trout and some scrambled eggs mm. a few times. We can call that the Giannis Patelis omelet someday. Omelets seem to be dry. I'm not into dry eggs. I like a wet, creamy egg. Mm. You're, which you're, I'm such gonna, a, you're such a butter fan. Like, uh-huh. how, how do you produce a dry omelet? You know, I was criticized. The eggs just get overcooked. At breakfast one time because you know what the opposite of a dry omelet is, right? A wet one. A wet omelet. And so, like, in kitchen terms, you're like, yeah, I want that wet. People find that very unappealing, I've learned. <laughs> yeah, see, I would prefer the wet omelet. Absolutely. Again, the Arnold Bennett omelet, it has halibut, tuna, haddock, or snapper. One of those four fish. I have no idea. Does yeah, anybody know right. this? Or is everybody just guessing? Yeah. No, I got it. Full on guess. You got it? 25% really? chance. Really? Um, no, I'm going off. Okay, <laughs> you ready? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying snapper. Max saying halibut, Brody saying halibut, Corinne saying haddock, Cal saying snapper, Hansi saying haddock, and Giannis saying snapper. The correct answer is haddock. And now you're going to explain who this uh, Arnold Bennett guy is? Chefs at the Savoy (laughs) Grill in England created this dish for novelist Arnold Bennett in the 1920s. The omelet is made with fluffy eggs, smoked haddock, hollandaise sauce, and grated cheese. I was envisioning some, like, you know, quote-unquote golf athlete in Florida. Uh, like Arnold Palmer? Like, like an Arnold Palmer. Exactly. Exactly. So we had a few folks get it right. We're on to question two. The topic is fishing. Who hosted Animal Planet's TV show, River Monsters? Who hosted Animal Planet's TV show, River Monsters? He had a luscious head of hair, I remember that. Yeah, just sort of like you, Kevin. Yeah, long yeah. and flowing. Yeah, sort of like you. Could I can be see confused his face. for Jim Shockey. I can see his face, but... Again, who hosted Animal Planet's TV show, River Monsters? Again, does anybody in the room know this? I think we should steer clear of TV shows. You want first and last name? Uh, you know, last name's good enough. First Oh, it just video. came to me, I think. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm really hoping. Humunculus got you. My kids, I think, got me. Mm. I'm just going to put an Animal Planet name. You know what? I watched one episode of that, and, and they're like, so this is what it has to be. But instead, we're going to catch this because we can't figure out how to catch that. And I was like, well, this show's bullshit. Listen, <laughs> yeah. their show is it's, it's the greatest fishing show ever made. Here's what I love about it. It takes it and it breaks it down for laymen. Um, so in their Jeremy. Oh, oh hey, Spencer. I got it. I got it. <laughs> and hey, look, look at Go ahead and reveal right. your answers. We have Mark saying uh, Jeremy. Max saying Adam, Brody saying Jeremy Wade, Corinne Jeremy Wade. saying I forget, Cal saying Jeremy Wade, uh, Hansi saying Stanley Tucci, and Giannis saying Jim Shale. <laughs> I was going to put Steve Irwin. The correct you know? answer is Jeremy Wade. 
Oh, oh, great. Guys. I love it. Oh, are we giving it to the people? Yes, yeah, so what who, happens uh, there? <laughs> Cal, did you have that before I said? He Absolutely did not. not. He did not no. have that. Cal doesn't get it. Brody but did. What, no, the the other Brody folks did. do. I said his name. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we I don't done. know, man. This this might this might be on you. I think <sighs> you have to give him the answer. That, I mean, that. Hold on for I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll just say it that way. I wouldn't be surprised. Whatever. I don't feel good about that. Uh, it's it's wow. up. To, it's up to you, Spencer. Bro, Brody did have it before Brody you said it. I don't it know who before. else did. No, I had this. Jeremy that, doesn't count. <sighs> not good enough. So just Brody on that one. Just no you got Brody. the second part without any tip. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Here's what's great about Jeremy. Good thing Steve's not. He was talking about like. Now I want to fish this spot because the current actually goes backwards. And it's like, yeah, it's just like an eddy, but it's like very common for us. But when he explains it to someone who doesn't know fishing, it's like, whoa, the current goes backwards. I found that most people on a river do not, they have a very hard time with upstream and downstream. Mm. Like where the water comes from (laughs) versus where it's going. They're like, yeah, I don't get it. Now, I once asked Steve if we could have Jeremy Wade on the podcast, and his answer was, no, that person doesn't interest me. Then I asked why, and Steve responded by pointing at a lady walking across the street and said, I don't know, that lady doesn't interest me either, should we have her on the show? And I've never brought it up since. (laughs) Oh my goodness, that's good. So, Uh, do I get that point? You do not. Why is that? Because I gave the answer. No, you gave it. A part of a word of the answer. He did get the full name. No, I just I just want to know because that is essentially just like anybody else being like, oh, and saying something, and there, you know, then there's this big argument. Steve loses his shit, and blah blah blah. Phil, I think think? you should give Cal the answer unless he beats me by one question. (laughs) My vote is to give it to Brody and Cal because we'll um, give it to Brody and Cal. Yeah. Well, if you give it to Cal, you got to give it to Mark then. No, because Mark just no, put Jeremy, just, which which just, Spencer said. Just <laughs> but I had it before <laughs> yeah, Spencer said did. it. He did. Did have it before Spencer I can said confirm. it. confirm. Question three, the topic is haunting. This next great question is from Stephen Rinella. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. This state has a sheep named after it that's created by crossing a mouflon U in Rambolay Ram. What is it? Again, this this state has a sheep named after it that's created by crossing a mouflon U and Rambolay Ram. What is it? Looking for the state. This is one of the United States you're looking for. Yes. This state has a sheep named after it that's created by crossing a mouflon U and Rambolay Ram. What is it? A pretty stumped room, but Giannis had a quick answer. How you feeling, Yanni? Giannis did have a quick answer. Oh, I'm feeling all right about it. It's still a guess, though. One more time. This state has a sheep named after it that's created by crossing a mouflon U in Rambolay Ram. Does everybody have an answer? No. I want more time. (laughs) It worked for you last time. Are you going to say the answer this time? Well, you just challenge Spencer as to why it's not good, and then he starts talking. That's right. There you go. I can't believe that happened. (laughs) <laughs> One in fifty. Slipping. Getting old. Does everybody have an answer? Brody? Sure. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying Nevada. Max saying Alaska. Brody saying Hawaii. Corinne saying Nebraska. Cal without an answer. Couldn't come up with writing. a state. Hansi saying Washington and Giannis saying Texas. I'm saying Wyoming. Somebody in the room did get it right. The correct answer is Texas. 
It is the oh Texas doll sheep. Now, these animals were bred uh, just for hunting purposes, but it's now popular to raise them for their meat and pasture clearing abilities. You don't need a tag to kill one in Texas, but outfitters do charge anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 to hunt them. Texas, the state home to the barnyard <laughs> slam. Did yep. you know that one, Yanni? <laughs> um, I couldn't have told you that it was the Texas doll sheep, but I had heard Steve sometimes gets on people if he sees a picture of them with one of these sheep. And so I had remembered that it happens in Texas. Plus, I mean, where else? What other state That's do right. they do a bunch of crossing of animals? Hawaii was a good hunting? guess, though. It was a yeah, for guess, sure. Though. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Hawaii is a good guess. Question four. The topic is trapping. What is the largest land-dwelling member of the weasel family? Again, what is the largest land-dwelling member of the weasel family? Oh. A quick answer from Mark and Max. What constitutes land-dwelling? A land-dwelling member of the weasel family. Like more time? This is the, the definition you'll find uh, in any dictionary, any wildlife source. This is uh, their terminology. The largest land-dwelling member of the weasel family. Oh, oh, man. Are I bears can, weasels? I see an argument coming. <laughs> You're a weasel. Does everybody have an answer? Uh-huh. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying oh. Wolverine. Max saying Marmot. Brody saying Wolverine. Corinne saying Badger. Cal saying Wolverine. Hansi saying Pine Martin. And Yana saying Fisher. The is correct the answer is Wolverine. Oh. I was just trying to think of weasels. Come on, Yanni. Does that mean that there's an otter that's bigger than a yeah, Wolverine? Wolverine's a marmot grow- is not a weasel. No. <laughs> oh, you were just trying to think of any weasel. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. it, got it, got it. So, you, but you didn't write down weasel. No, I didn't. Okay. Big weasel. old weasel. A big old weasel. <laughs> Although Wolverines grow up to 55 pounds, they aren't even the biggest member of the weasel family. That distinction goes to the sea otter, which can grow up to 90 pounds. The smallest weasel sea is the least bear. weasel, which weighs less than an ounce. So Brody knew it all there, even the even I'm the a fact weasel expert. Question five, we'll get a scoreboard update after this from Phil. The topic is fishing. This next great question comes to us from Lee Nelson. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. There are five types of salmon found in the Great Lakes. Name two of them. There are five types of salmon found in the Great Lakes. I want you to name two of them. Seems like a confident room. Except for Cal. Hmm. Hansi probably knows this because he grew Growing up, right, up right on the Great Lakes, maybe. Yeah, you're putting a lot of confidence in me there. We got a lot of great fo- Great Lakes folks in this Growing room. up in Michigan in the uh, <clears throat> late 80s, early 90s, like I knew there was salmon, but it seemed like every time we went to the fish hatchery, all they talked about were those lampreys. Like that's all I remember as from a kid. There'd just be lampreys stuck to every fish that was swimming around the Great Lakes. Yeah, they like to eat those salmon. Does everybody have an answer? Again, looking for two of the salmon found in the Great Lakes. Yeah, Cal, make sure you write I down, put down two words. Two, oh, two words. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what are happens if you put down fish for two words? answers? No. What this happens is, if you put down all or nothing one point question? What happens if you put down all five? 
then yeah. you Bonus then point. you get it wrong. No extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> Corinne, you got an answer? I got two wrong answers. Go ahead and reveal it. We have Mark saying Chinook and King. Max saying King Ooh. and Chinook. Brody saying Coho and Chinook. Corinne saying King and Chinook. Cal saying Chinook and Kokanee. Hanzi saying Pink and Atlantic. Giannis saying King. And what's the other one you wrote? Coho. The correct answers are Chinook, Coho, Pink, Atlantic, and Kokanee. A lot of kings in this room. Didn't get it right. Now say those again. We have a Chinook, a Coho, Pink, Atlantic, and Kokanee. Is King a name for one of those? King, yeah. King. Chinook, Chinook. The King and Chinook. Is Silver the same. So and Coho. Okay. The room. I'm gonna have did to. I'm gonna have well. to redo that so. thing because I, I didn't mark anyone who wrote King. Okay. With halfway through the game of trivia, hit us with a scoreboard update, Phil. Sure thing. In last place, uh, but first place in spirit, we have Max. I thought, I thought we were playing golf. Zero points. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then coming up, tied for third place, we have Corinne and Mark with one point. Uh, tied for second place are Giannis and Hanzi with two. And then tied for first place, Brody Henderson and Ryan Callahan with three. Oh, wow. Ooh, we got a game. I don't think you should get Jeremy Wade right. <laughs> hey, you know when you take uh, some time to clean out, uh, let's say, like clean out your garage, and you're like, man. How was I living like that with that place such a mess? Well, check this out. If you've been paying a fortune for wireless and then you switch over to Mint Mobile and get plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, you'll be saying, how was I ever affording to do that way I did it before? It's time to switch, okay, to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater, and you will cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Again, mintmobile.com slash meat eater. It's a $45 upfront payment required, which is the equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, meaning you put them on, they feel great. Little or no break-in, period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Just ask my buddy Chili who's been slipping around in his Tacova boots talking about how great he feels in them. He loves them. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable. They're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go around Bozeman. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding 
to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And find your new favorite pair of boots today. I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like black buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Welcome to question six. The topic is conservation. The Algonquin Wolf got its new name in 2016. What was it known as before that? The Algonquin Wolf got its new name in 2016. What was it known as before that? So it's currently known as the Algonquin Wolf. I'm looking for its old name. How are we feeling, Cal? Uh, I'm split between two answers, but mm. one of them's right. Really? Yeah. Okay. Write down your other one and cross it out so we can uh, we can see. So I don't feel like it's like overly tricky. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying the timber wolf, Max saying the Mexican wolf, Brody saying the red wolf, Corinne saying the blue wolf, <laughs> Cal saying the red wolf, Hansi saying the Adirondack wolf, and Giannis saying the red wolf. Nobody got it right. The correct answer, which Cal crossed out, is Eastern Wolf. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It used to be thought that the Algonquin wolf was a subspecies of gray wolf, but recent genetic testing has shown that they're actually more closely related to the red wolf. The Algonquin wolf got its name changed six years ago and has been reclassified on the endangered species list as a threatened instead of species of special concern. So nobody got it right. We're on to question seven. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by Warren White Knight for sending in this great question. Warren is going to get an orange meat eater hunting vest that was signed by everyone in the room. If you want a chance to win the listener question of the week, then send your question to trivia at themeateater.com. There are five states that have less than 10% forest cover. Name one of them. There are five states that have less than 10% forest cover. Name one of them. Mm. So we're looking for the five least forested states in America, but you just have to name one. 
I'm pretty confident in this one. Some quick answers in the room. Giannis just starting to write. Cal just starting to write. Does everybody have an answer? Yes. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying Iowa. Max saying Oklahoma. Brody saying Kansas. Corinne saying Nevada. Cal saying Nebraska. Hansi saying Rhode Island. Mm. And Giannis saying Kansas. The correct answers are North Dakota, Nebraska, South Dakota, Kansas, and Iowa. Uh, the room did pretty well. <laughs> Do you need to know who got it right? Uh, I think I got it. The room did fairly well. <laughs> fairly well. And Corinne crossed out the right answer to write Nevada. You North Dakota is the least forested state in America with just 2% hmm. of its ground covered in trees. That's followed by Nebraska at 3%, South Dakota at 4%, Kansas at 5%, and Iowa at 8%. You hear a joke 2%? About North Dakota? 2%. You know what they say about North Dakota. Their state tree is the power line. No. You want to hear Can another you? joke about North Dakota? Yes, I do. I love them. Uh, they say, is it an Ole and Lena joke? No. Oh, okay. They That's say more Minnesota. For every tree, there's a good-looking girl behind it in North Dakota. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, can you do a follow-up uh, little info for the next oh, show? Oh, sorry. That means that there's not very many trees, so there's not very, very many good-looking girls. You got Thank it. you for that, Kill. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd like to know if that's natural causes. Like, is that natural or is that because of like uh, genetics or? habitat uh, <laughs> loss due to, say, farming? We can look states. into that. I would guess that's natural. I would imagine if, even if uh, North Dakota put its mind to it, it's not going to get above uh, 10% forest cover. Yeah, they're all prairie Past states, that. right? Yeah. So they're all grasslands. Prairie farm. Now, interesting point would be that if you were to, I think this is right, if you were to judge what state has the most of its landscape converted from what it naturally was, Iowa is the number one. Something like 97% oh. of the state has been converted from its natural habitat. Whoa, that's Dang. a great factoid. That's why the whitetails like it there so much. Mm-hmm. A lot of corn and beans. Question eight, we'll get a scoreboard update after this. The topic is hunting. What was former Vice President Dick Cheney hunting when he shot Harry Whittington? Ooh. What was former Vice President Dick Cheney hunting? Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> when he shot Harry Whittington. Now, Phil, if you were playing this round, how do you think you'd be doing? Oh, oh, I knew the answer to this to this one, but I mean, like, I was lost for most of those. Mm. I, I don't think I would have gotten anything before the. About as good as me. How did your yeah. How did uh, exactly. your wife do? <laughs> uh, she got, I think, three on this one. So the the Shelby index would say the winner of this round she gets six, which we're on pace for them. Does everybody have an answer? Again, what was Dick Cheney hunting when he shot Harry Whittington? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying grouse, Max saying pheasants, Brody saying quail, Crin saying pheasants, Cal saying quail, Hansi saying doves, and Giannis saying quail. The correct answer is quail. Oh, oh my goodness. So it happened in 2006 <laughs> in Texas. Cheney shot Whittington with a 28 gauge as Whittington retrieved a downed bird behind him. Whittington was hit in the face, neck, and chest, and later suffered a heart attack because of a BB lodged in his chest. But the most amazing part of this story is that after all that, 
Whittington actually apologized to Cheney, saying he was deeply sorry for everything the vice president had to deal with and that he hoped he'll continue to go to Texas to seek relaxation he deserves. <laughs> He's quite the sportsman with the old 28 gauge, huh? That is fun to hear about. That uh, that feels like some European like fox hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. Being now, in Texas hunting it hot. Quail. I was on a like a deep debate between the twenty eight and four ten with in like the heart of quail country. Next which to, which is bigger? The twenty eight four ten supposed to have more skill. So the four ten is smaller than the twenty eight gauge. Less efficient, you'd say. Mm, sure. Um, but there's so when you're at your the pinnacle of your quail hunting career, you're hunting with a four ten. And wow. then uh, I've been told that that gun has to be retired due to the crippling rate once your mm. uh, responses start to slow a little bit. Mm. And then you progress on to 28 and, and 20. But there's a lot of folks who the uh, hubris gets them and they're, they're packing around a gun that they haven't earned. So Cheney should have went down to a 20 gauge Well, we don't this. know. I don't know. The man could have been a lot quicker than he looked. Phil, hit us with a scoreboard update. We have two questions left. Uh, That's right. The only players left in the game now are Giannis, who has four points, and Cal and Brody, who have five apiece. Mm. Two questions left. I can't get skunked. I'm still going to answer these two, right? Oh, yeah, I'm Eastern Wolf. Everyone keep playing. Hold on, you're still at zero, Max? Yeah. Yeah. Question nine. The topic is conservation. This is a visual question. If you want to play along and see what the room is seeing, then go to Instagram and check out at Spencer New Earth. I'll make it my most recent post. Back in February, I declared the Missouri Department of Conservation as the greatest game agency logo in America. Then, coincidentally, one month later, a state changed their logo to take them from having one of the worst logos in America to having one of the best, I'm now going to show you this state's old logo and new logo, and you need to tell me what state it belongs to. Again, you're looking at the old logo and new logo of this state, who changed it one month after I declared Missouri as having the best one in the country. Are you implying that you might have had a, uh, you know... Y- you might have inspired them to change their logo. You know, I felt that for a minute, but then I, I read into it a little more and realized they started the process the year before. <laughs> yeah, stay in this, this is a DNR logo. Yes. Not a fishing game logo, is what enough, Giannis we'll was saying. A it's a fishing game, DNR, wildlife department, whatever you want it to be. It is a state game agency logo. Marcus, what are you doing on your phone? I took a I took a picture of it so I keep oh, studying it. So while, you can Google everybody search. No, oh, but everybody else is looking at the picture. <laughs> I'm just looking at the picture. While everybody <laughs> else is looking kind of, what over kind of there. Where's the holdup? Brody. Brody is studying. Got me stuck. Mark, share that with me. Brody's trying to look for like Illuminati symbols. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> what state is this? I of course scrubbed the state uh, of its of its name on there, so you're not going to find the state name if just, you're looking. Just send it to you, Yanni. Brody is thinking real hard over there. I'm trying to figure out what kind of bird that is. Ooh, there's a hint it has a bird. <clears throat> there's a fish, too. Doesn't have to be a game bird. No, it's definitely not a it's, game bird. It's one of the states that has whitetails in it. That's, That's right. A That's a big one. <laughs> Did anybody know this when they saw it? No. This could be a chance for that uh, three-and-a-half-year-old to come walking in this room right now. <laughs> 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 
push some of the old bucks out. I think, I think all the three and a half year olds are already out of the game, according to the scoreboard. Mm. I'm just a button oh, buck that is here. True. Yeah. Just a button buck. Well, yeah. who, where do I fall in? You're one of the old, well, you're, I'm a you're, you're one of the new old bucks that rolled new in. New old. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The young old bucks. <laughs> Brody's an old, old buck. You're a new old buck. Does everybody have an answer? Count. No. Come on. <laughs> Did you draw it over there? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm, st- I'm doing <laughs> all 50 <laughs> states first. Draw I'm doing a symbol outline. for what each state means to me. <laughs> now, again, if you want to play along, go to Instagram. Check out at Spencer North. You will see these logos there. I feel like this entire question is just a gimmick to up your Instagram followers. Absolutely. <laughs> go ahead and reveal <laughs> your answers. We have Mark saying South Dakota. Max saying Ohio, Brody saying Minnesota, Corinne saying New Mexico, Cal saying Mississippi, Hansi saying Indiana, and Yana saying Oklahoma. I like Hansi's answer, too. We do have a correct answer. A lot of them. different answers. It is Oklahoma. Giannis oh. oh. got it. Now, Giannis, what was it about it that made you think Oklahoma? Uh, Bucks. Prairies. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. It looked uh, like a walleye. I couldn't guess the fish. Yeah. I know. I thought it walleye like walleye. too, but that's why mm. I put Minnesota. The rebrand like cost the agency ninety five thousand oh, dollars to have well the logo made, and one hundred thousand dollars to replace the old logo on signs and uniforms. The new logo is in the shape of an arrowhead to represent the state's Native American heritage, and features a white-tailed buck, a white bass, which is the state fish, and a scissor-tailed flycatcher. The state bird. That's cool. They should have just hired our art director, Hunter Spencer. They should have, or like have a, a contest for high schoolers. They could, uh, they could achieve that same thing. Yeah. Now, can you imagine taking one hundred ninety thousand bucks and putting it towards habitat? Yeah. Might rather have a sweet sign. Now, are you funny. taking that extra five thousand for yourself? Is that what? There's one hundred ninety five. That's how government works, huh? A five thousand dollar decision that uh, Cal made. Yeah. It was funny you guys were calling out the bird because there was actually some controversy there. People didn't. Like that they put a non-game bird on the logo because most folks associate the department with just managing fish and game, but it was very intentional saying that we don't just manage hunters and anglers. So that's why the scissor-tailed flycatcher made it on there. It is now, I would say, a phenomenal logo. Yep, I agree. That's I like a good, good angle. We're on to question 10. Hit us with a scoreboard update, Phil. Uh, it's all tied up. With uh, Giannis, Brody, and Cal having five points apiece. So it's the old, old versus the old, new, (laughs) new, old. Question 10, the topic is fishing. This next great question is from Jared Bailey. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. This crustacean is named after America's longest natural sand spit, which is located on the northern edge of Washington's Olympic Peninsula. This crustacean is named after America's longest natural sand spit, which is located on the northern edge of Washington's Olympic Peninsula. So we're looking for the name uh, of the crustacean. What does crustacean. this have to do with fishing? Yeah. That's, exactly. that's my question. Crabs. You can dive for crabs. Yeah, it could be a, a lobster, a crawdad, a crab. Well, it's I thought fishing. a lobster was a langoustine. Yeah, but you'd still like right. go but lobster it's still a fishing. Uh, oh yeah, you do still go lobster fishing. Still go crayfish fishing. Still go shrimp fishing. I don't even have a guess. No, I got <laughs> nothing. 
Max, how do you not have guests? We just named a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I know. This crustacean just... is named after America's longest natural sand spit, which is located on the northern edge of Washington's Olympic Peninsula. Giannis, how are you feeling about this? Mm. You had the quickest answer, I think. I don't even know if what I wrote down is a crustacean. <laughs> Brody, how are you feeling? Uh, horrible. I think this is a horrible question. That's not very nice to Jared <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> Someone who took time out of their day to write this question to trivia at themeateater.com. I think yeah, it's a good question. I apologize question. that person. It's a very good question. <laughs> Cal, how are you feeling? I, I picked an answer. I'm going with it. Okay. Does everybody have an answer? No. Yes. No. Corinne? Yeah, it's wrong. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark. Saying the sand crab, Max saying the sandy cheeks, Brody saying <laughs> the dungeness crab, Corinne saying without an answer. No, I put the dungeness crab. Saying the dungeness crabby, which Shabby. crossed out. <laughs> Cal saying the dungeness crab, Hansi saying the Olympic sand crab, and Giannis saying the razor clam. The correct answer is dungeness crab. Ooh. Now I love this oh, question, wow. which means we're going to overtime <laughs> between Cal. And Brody. Dun, dun, now, a dun. sand spit is a beach landform off the mainland that usually develops where a coast changes directions. The Dungeness Spit in Washington is about five miles long and grows at about 15 feet per year. It's a popular destination for hikers and campers in the Pacific Northwest. So what is the scoreboard update, Phil? We are going to overtime. It is 6-6 with Brody and Cal going to the tiebreaker. <laughs> Tiebreaker. If you ain't first, you're last. But that doesn't make any sense at all. You first, you're last. You, you can be second. You can be third, fourth. Hell, you can be fifth. Not Brody and I's first tiebreaker. That's not. That's no. not. So you're third, man. You went to the tiebreaker in the first ever game we played. Now math. the tiebreaker. So no math on this one. Math got me on the first one. The tiebreaker is a numerical question. So whoever is closest <laughs> to the correct answer will be declared the winner. The last known passenger pigeon died at the Cincinnati Zoo in what year? The last known passenger pigeon died at the Cincinnati Zoo in what year? No, it should, so be a, should be a gimme for a couple of old conservationists like these two. <laughs> so are you giving them whoever's closest? Whoever's closest yeah. will be declared the winner. Again, the topic is conservation. The last known passenger pigeon died at the Cincinnati Zoo in what year? That bird had a name, didn't it? Yeah, we already had that as one of the... Cal, how are you feeling? I mean, I think we're both going to be in the ballpark. It's yeah. just going to be who's going to be closest. You both got an answer? I got an answer. Brody? Hold on. Brody's okay. crossing years off right now. It's like <laughs> 2022 right now. Brody, you got an answer? Yes, yeah. Reveal your answers. We have Cal saying 1898 and Brody saying 1905. One of you is nine years off, and the winner is Brody. That's what I thought. The correct answer was 1914. Ah. Stuck around a little longer. 
Well yeah. done. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank it's you. so funny. I was gonna, been a while. I was going to oh, put down 1905, cool. too. That was my yep. second one. I would not have it. felt good about if Cal won because I gave the Jeremy Wade answer away. So I'm pleased. <laughs> I was, I was, I'm an indifferent party here, but I was rooting for Brody. You know, conservation wins either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Speaking so nice. of Brody, so you now get to pick where the $500 donation goes. So what's it going to be? You know how um, some people like to say hunters only put money into conservation so they have uh, more animals to kill? Who says that? Well, it's like a thing you hear now and uh-huh. then. Well, it's kind of like why the uh, Oklahoma uh, State Fish and Game Agency decided to put right. that bird wow. on their well, logo, right? I really like to hunt mule deer. So, Mule Deer Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good plot twist. So, who's it going to? The Mule Deer Foundation? Yeah. We have not donated them yet. Nope. Which, that's why I picked them. Well done, Brody. Thank that's you. it for this game of trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. After three years of work, our follow-up to the Meat Eater Fish and Game Cookbook is here. It's the Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, wild game recipes for the grill, smoker, campfire, and camp stove. Here is your book for everything that's best cooked or eaten outside, from grilling to open fire cooking to Dutch ovens to smokers to barbecue to backpacking meals to how to pull off the perfect fish fry with pit stops along the way for lessons about Ice Age cooking methods and the best five ways to construct a cooking fire you can be proud of. And of course, we're focusing on wild game and fish here with over 100 recipes, including stuffed venison burgers three ways, wild duck with ahi verde sauce, a jerky made with cola, a gin and tonic made with fire charred lemons, and grilled frog legs made with a sticky sweet sauce. This ain't your normal cookbook, so be prepared to be surprised. Get your copy now. For more info, visit TheMeatEater.com or buy it wherever books are sold.